talk this morning about why we do some of the things we do. You ever questioned that? You know, if you think in recent times, uh, right now there's the team in Zimbabwe. Uh, have anybody heard anything about the time at uh, Lawrence's? I know they're there right now. I've not heard anything on that yet. Huh? Going well. Doing God's heart for children with the church. Excellent. Okay. All right. Uh, Makes sense. I've had an absolute ball at uh, George's conference, so we shall hear all about it next week. So, and then of course last year we had the team in Ukraine, and uh, that was a a very very beneficial time. uh, Picking up stuff on that when I was in Ukraine recently, uh, and. You saw how people came back really energised and excited on that. Of course, uh, we're now looking at the team to Iraq. Um, I don't know why. I know know you're supposed to let ladies go first, aren't you? That's, That's what you're supposed to do. For those of you that weren't brought up in an older age, you're supposed to, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you were brought up in that age. <laughs> uh, but you don't have to do that all the time, especially when it comes to teams, right? Because it's right that, particularly into where we're going, that we send a, a sort of balanced team. So those men that have stood back in favour of the ladies, now is your opportunity to step forward. Yes, and if you know a man that just... I've heard that sometimes men need a nudge. I don't know if it's true. I've heard that. But it's an anointed ministry of nudge that you can have. Yes? So we need, to, we need you to just decide and respond on that. Like, no hurry, today I'll be fine. Okay? All right. Then, of course, uh, thinking about the different things, obviously, I'm sent off every so often. I think so far this year, I've been Peru, Ukraine, St. Martin. Uh, when, uh, when my old mother used to still um, have some uh, capacity of mind, she would, she would say to me, you're not still going off on those aeroplanes, are you? She doesn't ask that now. She's beyond that now. But I used to say, oh, I occasionally have a little holiday in the sun. <laughs> Seemed to satisfy her. I trust that's not what you're all sitting thinking. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The, and then, of course, we've got the Dulos, the international Dulos are doing... This uh, at the present time. So a lot of sending, a lot of going to and fro, a lot of reaching out, people coming in. Why do we do it? Do you ever, have you ever stopped? Have you ever questioned, why do we do that? Why do we go to Dominica and have done for 30 years when there's probably more Dominicans living in London than there is in, in Dominica? I sometimes meet people that either were born there or their parents were born there. 
And I realize I know more about the island than they do. <laughs> Why do we do that? Well, that's what we're going to... Do you ever question that? Has anybody ever questioned that? No? Oh, all right. Okay. Probably time to go home then. <laughs> Okay, if somebody asked you why do they do that, could you answer it? Good question, Nathan. Could you answer it? All right, if you, if you feel you could answer it, turn to somebody and answer it. Why do they do that? Good. So, as we go through, tick off whether you got all the answers. If you did... Come to Nathan afterwards to collect a prize. He's talking. He's talking at the moment, so he doesn't know what I've said. I'm nothing. <laughs> All right. Let's think about some of the things that come out of that. Obviously, our minds tend to go to those things which are more big and visible those years ago when we were involved with Richard Cole in the rescue and rehabilitation of children affected by war, and those child soldiers that today lead the work there, uh, the projects, the school, the church, the boys' home, all led by those who were rescued in those days. I admit I have a sense of, what a privilege, Lord, what a privilege that we're able to serve you. What a privilege that we can, we can be used of you to do the bits that you give us to do. And that's all that we're responsible for. It's a sheer privilege to be able to serve God, don't you think? And that's in every area. That's whether it's going somewhere or doing set-up or whatever, whatever it is. It's that privilege of being able to serve God. And uh, you know, I'm thinking of, of, you know, when I was in St. Martin, I was talking with, with Mano and uh, talking then to his, his daughter now, grown up now, all sorts of qualifications and serving across the islands with, uh, I think it's Price Waterhouse Cooper. And we were talking about the time, one of the, one of the early times we were there, uh, Richard Hayward and myself. And they, uh, Mano and Vern had been unable to conceive. And we just felt it was that time that we prayed. And uh, in the appropriate time later, Katrina was conceived. And he was remembering that. And... She must be in her 20s now, 20-something. These things, I think wherever we are, the, the sheer privilege of being able to, to serve God. I remember the teams with Lawrence at the moment. I remember the time of talking with, uh, with him and uh, his wife in terms of their relationship and how he spent his time. As a result of that, he stopped what he was doing in terms of the church planting in the Bulawayo area as well as in Harare and concentrated uh, on his 
marriage and family and began to build according to the pattern which he understood from the word of God. And today, the team is there and they will come back and report uh, about a vibrant community in that area. Uh, and a number of times, uh, you know, these are, these are not really the meetings. These are not necessarily what the conferences that we're engaged in. These are the, the kind of add-ons. And I mentioned to you recently, sometimes those add-ons, those personal interaction times, are more, even more important and seeing marriages resolved. And, uh, and you know, when we, when we go into St. Martin, where they've run the doulos there for a number of years, and at this last conference, there were pastors there of churches uh, that were in our earlier doulos times. That doulos thing has been so fruitful in the goodness of God into the different places and nations. And uh, when we checked into the, the, the place, I was going to say it's like a hotel, but it's a timeshare place. Uh, the general manager there was on the first doulos uh, time that we did in St. Martin and uh, remembers us well and uh, very warmly involved and works in close fellowship with... Um, Alan and Diane, they are part of the, the work with Hilton. So some interesting times. But of course, there's not all success. But you see, we're responsible to do the things that God gives us to do. Now, of course, we'd prefer success. We prefer to every time be able to tell a great story of success. But... In the end, we've got to understand that, as the Bible says, uh, Paul, uh, Paul sowed, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. We're always utterly dependent on what God does in these things. It's important to keep that in mind. And I was thinking uh, about this and about the time when you couldn't get uh, before dollarization in Zimbabwe. And... Uh, you couldn't get fuel, and you had to go around. Uh, so I was going around with this other person in a, in a vehicle at night in, in the dark and down back alleys and just to get some fuel, uh, which we managed to get, uh, in order to go uh, with a brother there uh, to see his estranged wife to try and see that resolved. Um, on the way there, or on the way back, somebody tried to run us off the road. I suppose they thought they could use the vehicle. And uh, we spent some time into the night doing that, but it wasn't resolved. Well, it was temporary, but not long term. I don't know. If we do the things that God gives us to do, I'm not convinced that we can measure it on the same basis that we like to measure it. It all turns out good and right. Because if we had to measure things on that basis, some of our testimony would, would have to change. In fact, that re, rerun of that booklet or that expansion of that booklet that we did, I think it's, is it still out there? Um, was filled with fantastic testimony where it didn't work out all right in the end, but there was still a proving of God and a, a meeting of God in the thing. And the issue is that meeting of God and engaging with him.
God's called us to demonstrate relationship. We talk to people like Hilton and uh, Norma and Mano who have now been in that meaningful relationship for some 29 years. The thing that Hilton always talks about in all the ministries that come into the islands, he said the issue that took him and grabbed his heart was that the issue of relationship before and beyond ministry or anything like that. And actually, that's an accurate representation of the heart of God. That is us kind of sharing, giving out, giving away the things that God's given us to do. Then again, thinking about Zimbabwe and uh, the awful plight of those child-headed families. And in the goodness of God, we had that opportunity to engage with the brothers there uh, in working into that. I find these things to be uh, a tremendous privilege. But then let's think about things, not just the actions, but some things that because of building relationally, because of that connection, the the involvement of things uh, in prayer and in words... You think um, one of the, I don't know when it was, sometime in the last year or two when, uh, was it, where's Jamie, is he there? Was it you with me when when that car nearly, that was in Chittanguiza, wasn't it? Yeah. We're just driving in and for some reason, I think, I don't know what the guy was doing, but he just was going to come right into us and a head-on crash. And... Uh, Lawrence saw it and swerved and, and braked. And then we remembered uh, some of the words that we've had, some of the prayer that you people engage in uh, for, for safety and for protection and so on and so forth. It's a very, very significant thing that this is not something that somebody does. This is something that we do. That's why we say, when anybody goes, we go. There's a part of engaging in that which is very important, very significant. What about the other? Just dramatic occasion. Um, Way back when Daniel and Heidi uh, got married. uh, It's about 30, 40 years ago now. Uh, we We were in Northern Ireland, of course, and driving back... Um, on the on the one motorway, uh, with a, a reckoning we had a flight out of uh, Belfast early in the morning, and so we were keen to get back. And I was travelling at miles an hour uh, on the motorway, and realised that the lights coming towards us were not on the other side of the motorway; they were on our side. And in the goodness of God, we were able to swerve and, and uh, miss that head-on crash. Some months afterwards, Brother Demo in Sierra Leone, when I was there, he said to me, were you uh, in any danger on such and such? He gave the actual date and the actual time. He said, because I felt compelled to pray for you at that time. And I, I thought, wow, that's a, that's a dramatic one. But then think about, those of you who've been around for a long time, think about it when we used to get, in those days, before uh, modern communication, we'd get like a, a, a fax, I think it used to come through. And 
Richard Cole, on the run from rebels or hiding somewhere, would somehow get a message through, uh, and it would be the word of the Lord for us at that very time. And uh, uh, what I'm saying is that there's, there's something that, that fulfills the heart of God as we connect relationally, as we engage in the things God gives us to do. Um, it's amazing uh, when we are in the different places. And uh, how many people now that have either been here or we've been there. And uh, if I was to bring greetings to every person that I'm asked to, we'd spend the whole time doing that. Uh, because there's a, there's a sense of relational joining in that um, that is a a big issue so how did this all begin you may be aware some of you that back in the 1970s God began to do something in this nation it caused people to break out of traditional churches and to engage in seeking to pursue something that more accurately represented God and we were part of that and it was a it was a a significant time of learning to not only love God but love one another and share life and there was great emphasis on that but right there at the very beginning I was in a little conference uh, in a place little guest house type place in Margate with the people that God was using to really start things at that time. There were probably about, probably about 20 people, if that, there. And people like Bryn Jones and Arthur Wallace and Dave Tomlinson, all those people that God used to really develop things. And right into the midst of this focus, the prophetic word came. Uh, and, it was, and here we are, a little group of nobodies, no real significant churches behind come out of all that, um, not knowing what the future was going to be, not knowing about the, the whole new church thing that was going to sweep through the country or anything like that. Right there at the beginning, uh, God spoke to us about a heart for the nations, about focusing not just on this, but on, on, on where we were and on us, but on that broader world because it's his world. And that was then birthed very, very deeply in there. And then, of course, um, there came a time in our background as a church where God spoke to us about setting aside uh, 10% of the income of the church. Uh, And God, with his sense of humor, did that when the outgoings were greater than the incomings. And and so there we were, thinking, how are we going to manage and there was this fund of money building up which we couldn't touch because he said it's set aside not to be used unto the purpose that I give you and uh, out of that uh, God began to show us certain things to do which which caused us to to develop what was already there this heart of uh, of interest and involvement you know what the bible says where you treasure there your heart where your heart, there your treasure. Where you invest in something. If I was to give Jeremy uh, ten pounds, it's not likely, but if I was, I would 
I would find that I had something in me, I don't know, a kind of interest, a sort of involvement. Not I'm trying to check what's happened to me 10 quid, but there's something that happens when we invest in that way. And I guess that was what was happening. And I can't always remember um, different things, but I can remember uh, one of the things early on, and it wasn't anything about... uh, Teaching and those times it was, it was more serving in whatever God gave us to do. And I can remember buying um, an outboard motor for Brother Yassin's boat on the Demerara River in Guyana because that would help him reach more people. He was using that for evangelism um, up and down the river and instead of I don't know, paddling it, he'd have this outboard motor uh, you know, all sorts of things uh, until God began to take us into different areas of involvement so that we um, we actually uh, began to firstly I think export our heart of care and then to be able to express that in, uh, in a different and other ways because later on, God spoke to us and said, yeah, 10% was good, now I want you to make it 20%. And of course, we do that to this day. 20% of the income of the church is set aside to go out from us according to what God says. How do we decide what we're going to do? Uh, where we're going to go? Well, as I tell people, We've never yet sat down and decided, oh, I think we'll go and plant a church in so-and-so tomorrow. We always build on a relational basis. So where God joins us, where we're joined in heart according to God's plan and purpose, and then uh, we seek to serve the man of peace in that place according to the biblical instruction. So we serve and therefore grow and build uh, relationally and in addition to that uh, our response has always got to be what God says so it's not you know sometimes the media pick up situations and it becomes a very a very big thing um, but we're not we're not ruled by media we're ruled by the spirit of God and we submit to what God gives us to do uh, to an interesting point consistent with that in one of the times of waiting on God uh, God spoke uh, to me I think particularly but really as a result of to me and therefore for us uh, to sow and I can remember the phrase sons as seeds in foreign soil and uh, when I look back I think yeah that's what God's done he's called us to 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 build strongly, relationally with individuals, uh, not necessarily to plant lots of churches. They might do that. But the sun as a seed, and the seed, of course, is what leads to harvest. And uh, that's, a, that's an important thing that we do. So we appreciate all the love and care that flows back to us as well. Uh, even when... Uh, when I was in Mozambique with uh, Jamie and Hilton, and I had one of these stomach things, and then uh, Hilton uh, 
kind of took over and said, what you need is, and I don't know whether I did or not, it's a thought that counts, you need some fizzy drink. And uh, he sought to get this fizzy drink because he said, that's what you need. I have had various remedies from various people in different places at different times. I remember once, I think it was in Dominica or St. Martin, at Dominica, uh, Leroy Hill has always got a variety of frightening remedies uh, for things. Um, but uh, I know in uh, I think it was St. Martin, or one of them anyway, they decided what I needed was, was, was Coca-Cola that had been heated in a saucepan without ice. <laughs> yeah. So, in all these things, there is kind of the outcome, and the and there's loads and loads of, of stories uh, that we could tell about that. But I want you to understand the 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 background and the history. You know, we build relationship, and we're led by the Spirit, and we decide as God says and directs, and recognize the um, apostolic nature of all that God is uh, calling us to do. Um, It's about sending and releasing. So whether it's crossroads in Sierra Leone or projects in different places or involvement in teaching and sharing and serving in the different nations, apparently it's about 16 nations now that we're we're involved in. that's kind of where we get to. That's the background to it. And uh, we deeply appreciate the love and care and the uh, support that comes and flows. But I'm wanting to kind of... That's, that's kind of what actually a bits and pieces of what happens. It's very good. It's very rewarding to see God at work. But let's kind of delve back a little bit into um, what God really says in his word. In Philippines 2 verse 5, it, it speaks to us about having the same attitude or the same mindset that was in Christ. What was that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son? So this issue of loving the world, if we're going to have the same attitude, um, God's heart for the nations must be ours. And that... That's always got a kind of go beyond concern. You know, in the story of the Good Samaritan, the uh, priest was concerned, but it was the Good Samaritan that expressed commitment of actually doing something. And God deals not just in concern, he deals in commitment. And I think that for us, we can't deal with everything. We can, we can pursue the things that, that God gives us to do. But I think that that concern, awareness, sensitivity, compassion is kind of the, the, the kind of breeding ground, the, the fertile soil in which God can, can place that sense of, of committed involvement. You know, when you think of it, is it every eight seconds a child dies of diarrhea somewhere in the world, something that's so easily resolvable. I, I know that when I was in Ukraine, uh, I was awake 
It was one of those non-sort of sleeping times and I was awake in the night and my stomach wasn't good and I wanted to sleep. You know, all those joyful things. So I was watching BBC World and uh, I saw a, a program there of um, Pakistani people that had escaped from persecution and they were in Thailand, but Thailand was having a, a, a crackdown on asylum seekers. And the methods that were being used and the things that were being done and the way people were treated, I was utterly horrified. Uh, and uh, is God telling us to do something about that? I don't have any clarity on that at the moment, but you know what? I don't want to be able to look at these things or hear these things. It's God's world. It rightfully belongs to him. And these things, as God's children, should, should have an effect upon us. No, we can't do everything. Uh, but that we cannot just look at the thing and say, yeah, that's what's happening. It's a long way ago. Long way away is not how it needs to be. So if we're going to have the heart of Jesus, we're going to have a heart for the nations. In Matthew 28, he said, make disciples in all of all nations. Uh, go into all the world and preach the good news, Mark 16. Acts chapter 1. Be my witnesses in Jerusalem, where you are, Judea, the surrounding area, and the uttermost parts of the earth. What I'm saying is that there is a very strong biblical basis for having a view that goes beyond our own engagement and environment. Some 20 years ago, um, Alan, who's here today, uh, was in leadership with us for so many years, stood strongly with us. But others wanted to go in a different direction. And that was an uncomfortable time. Uh, but looking back, and, and Alan will tell you the same, looking back, it had to happen because there was a sense of what God was setting before us that would never fit if you just wanted to focus on sort of pastoral units, you know, that were focusing on just caring for people, not having a view beyond into the uttermost part. That, you, 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 you can't walk together unless you're agreed. And these things sometimes have to take place in order to achieve... Uh, and walk on in in the, in the purpose of God. Remember that Jesus said the gospel needed to preach to all nations before the end would come, and he died for the whole world. And I think it's important that we keep this in mind. Also important to remember, uh, given it shall be given unto you, um, as we have given, whether it's sending people, whether it's myself or others, as we've given financially, as we've given in care and prayer and serving, God has also given to us. God has given to us and blessed us with resources, with people, with commitment. You see, Sometimes you, you think, I've, I've had people say this to me, so you're going to, uh, you're going to Dominica, 
okay, so population of 70-odd thousand, and you're leaving a city of eight-plus million to go to that, where's the sense in that? Well, here's where the sense is. The sense is given, it shall be given unto you. The sense is you do what God gives you to do, and uh, the rest we can leave up to him. And uh, it's not about our ability to work out the mind of God. We're not equipped for that. You know, I understand that God can send us halfway across the world to sit in some airport and have a half-hour conversation with somebody because God will do what God does because it's God's world and he's allowed to do that. And it doesn't kind of, doesn't really compute in our finite minds. God's will be done and he'll have his way. And so we seek to do what he gives us to do. I was uh, having lunch on Friday with Ken Williamson from uh, Bethel Church, you know, in Parsloes Avenue, where he was, when we were there uh, many years ago, he was one of the young people uh, in, the, in the group. He's the pastor there now. But he married another one of the girls that was in the group there. Uh, and uh, we were talking about his father, who's uh, deceased now. And we were talking about the once a month they used to have this missionary prayer meeting. And it really was the, I don't know, for some reason the deadest meeting of the whole month. It's just, you know. But in this missionary prayer meeting, his father-in-law used to pray. But he didn't pray. He used to weep. Every time he started off, he'd pray for China and he'd just weep. Now, what he didn't know, and what none of us knew at that time, was what God was doing in China. When the whole underground church was being formed, didn't know that. Couldn't compute that. Couldn't work that out. But there he is, a man who's not the most articulate in the world, uh, but he was receiving God's burden and being faithful to that. Meanwhile, God was, I don't know why, but God puts a burden on somebody to pray according to his mind and will, and that triggers what God's going to do in a nation. I think, wow, if that's the only thing that man ever did, it's not the only thing, but if it was the only thing he ever did, to be faithful to God in that way and to hear and see the things that happen now. So, commitment, God was concerned, but he did something. He sent his one and only son. Being led by the Spirit, very, very important. We can't operate from our own soulish, emotional position. We have to operate. Yes, it's good that we have feelings. It's good that we uh, are able to be responsive, body, soul, and spirit, but it's vital that we're led by the Spirit of God, that we do the things that he says and he communicates with our spirit. So, like that, we're strategic before God rather than sentimental. Of course, we've always said that there's a responsibility that we all share. Not everybody goes, uh, but everybody is called to grow and uh, everybody can be engaged in growing and giving, giving in terms of interest prayer, sending, releasing. You see, one of the very important things 
again, I was talking with, with Ken on Sunday. He said, well, how, how does it work um, with you away a lot? I said, well, it's always worked perfectly because that's, that's what God's given us to do. And you see, because you as a people see the, the, and recognize the legitimacy, the calling of God on that, there's a releasing and ascending which adds to the fact that we can, we can actually pack far more uh, punch uh, and punch above our weight than we could otherwise do it because there's a sense that here we are sending, going and uh, giving together. It was not in the plan of God that communities that are called to represent him consume all they produce, uh, where everything they produce, uh, whether it's people or money, is kind of consumed on keeping the show on the road, you know, keeping the thing going. Um, that is not in the plan of God, and it's not clear in the word of God. I was remembering, I think it was while we were in um, St. Martin, the clarion call of the Barovian uh, Missionary Society. Um, you know, there's a story. These stories, I don't know, they can get embellished. I, I don't really care, but there's a basis in it. I was looking it up the other day. Um, of young men, two young men, that heard, and the island that's mentioned, whether it's correct or not, was St. Thomas and St. Croix, where it was completely taken over by... Uh, slavers uh, and inhabited only by those that were uh, slaves and nobody else was allowed to go there and so these two young men who felt the call of God to go and to take the gospel uh, to that place the only way they could go was to sell themselves into slavery which they did and then use the money to pay their passage to actually go there and uh, it's said that as they departed, um, and if you've ever waved anybody off on a ship, it's a kind of rather drawn-out process. I remember my cousin first going to be a missionary in Africa, went by ship, and you, I mean, at least in a plane, you know, you go through security and you're done and gone, but a ship, it just seems to take forever, you know. And uh, as they stood on the deck... Uh, the story goes that they cried out that the lamb that was slain may receive the just reward for his sacrifice. And I think, hmm, the privilege of giving ourselves for something that God has called us to and propelled us into uh, has got to be amongst the most highest privileges that anybody could ever have or, or hope to have. So what do we do? Well, we're committed to nations all the time because we believe in growing. A deeper level of commitment, a deeper understanding, a greater rejoicing about the opportunities that God gives us. I mean, after all, let's be honest, we're not that impressive. I mean, you're all lovely and wonderful, but, you know, here we are, a few people, gathered together in the calling and purpose of God, having impact 
way beyond what anybody would understand. It's interesting, I don't know if you remember this, but sometimes when people come from the network for the first time, they're surprised because they look at us and they think, oh, we thought, you, given all that you're involved in doing, that you must be much bigger or much faster or something like that. It, but it's not in God. Things are not worked out in size and numbers. They're worked out in his calling and his purpose. Continue to develop along those uh, relational lines as God directs and what he sends. And being able to engage in that and appreciate in that uh, the significance of that and this, the pure privilege of being able to do that. But let me just mention one other thing, because in a sense, um, according to what we look at in the scripture, that should be the case uh, for every community that's truly uh, seeking to re uh, represent God. But we understand that God has, has particularly placed upon us that anointing, that calling, um, which we would therefore term ourselves as an apostolic community. Now, I'm not, I, I know that we, we've taught uh, quite a lot on that, but I don't really want to go into a lot of detail now, other than that we understand in Ephesians 4 that God sent uh, certain people, ministries, so that the particular dimensions of his anointing could be deposited in his body. We recognize that. We recognize that that was the purpose of it. Not that so certain ministries would become superstars, but so that the purpose of God, the equipping of God for his purpose could continue and take place so that there could be growth, there could be authority in the purpose of God. You say, well, what does it look like? See, it can look in a whole realm of different things because it's not so much a picture as an attitude, a disposition, what God has called us for and to. It's a spiritual thing, not a physical thing. So it won't, you have apostolic communities that will probably look very different, but there will be an attitude, there will be certain characteristics that run right the way throughout, uh, which is part of what God is giving into his church. It's a vision which has to be caught, and that's why we're able to proceed as we do, because so many have caught that. Because of apostolic, it will always be to do with, with, with sending and, and reaching out. It's the very nature of the name. And it will have, uh, probably, um, depending on the particular calling, uh, international engagement as well. What I think would also be significant as a, as a common um, attitude was that the gap between hearing and seeing or doing. Psalm 48 says, as we have heard, so we have seen. And I think that's why we're, we're never content simply to hear, hear and hear some more because we want to engage in seeing the things when we talk together and when we share together, we're engaged not just in implanting some information, but seeing that that's worked out, seeing that that has an effect. 
and certainly would never be fulfilled by small pastoral units consuming all they produce or simply having meetings in buildings. I believe that in the goodness of God that we do and we should continue. In fact, we should increase with that sort of breadth of vision that goes beyond our local sphere. But it shouldn't, in, it shouldn't ignore our local sphere. And I've been giving examples, particularly about overseas. But what about here? Thinking about how God has given us that opportunity to particularly demonstrate his heart in the community, and particularly through all the things that uh, Lifeline Community Projects, part of us, part of our church, has been involved in. Now uh, the community hub and uh, the different opportunities. Now there's coming, we feel, a time where there's going to be yet more opportunity because of what God is saying, because we've shared some of those things with you, in terms of that, that influence or that reaching out, that demonstration beyond ourselves into the sphere that God's placed us in. That instance, we certainly need to be net exporters of his blessing, uh, never looking just inwardly, but always training and equipping and modeling and not just what is convenient, but what does God want? being according to his plan and according to his pattern. So, why do we go? Okay, it's pretty good because God is confirming his word with signs following and we've seen, yeah, just touched on a few things in terms of the significance and impact and opportunity that he gives us. Why do we go? Because very clearly in his word... Uh, he describes what he wants in terms of people that have a heart for nations. Why do we go? Because as an apostolic community, the whole issue of sending and recognising that we cannot just focus in upon ourselves is vital in the plan and purpose of God. Why do we go? Because God has spoken to us both in history and in the present in the very way that he's formed us. How many people could tick off that they got all those things? Because Nathan's waiting to give the prize. Hmm? One. Hmm. Okay. Well, that would be interesting. Any questions? Any questions about what I've said? No questions? Did you find it informative? Oh. And it didn't raise any, any questions? Huh? Sorry? What comes next? As I was saying, I think God is always a God of the increase. I think an increase in our vision, an increase in our burden, an increase in our compassion... First of all, it starts in us, that we want to grow. We, want to, we don't want to stop here. Is this it? No. Um, we're growing up into him. So to be, uh, to be seeing, and I think part of the outworking of that was an increased 
ability to rejoice together. Whether it's, whoever goes doesn't matter, but to rejoice together in the sheer privilege of serving God and walking in his calling. I think to enjoy it uh, is an, an important thing. Yes, that's what I would say was next. In terms of otherwise, I can't specify locally at the moment. I know that there's something on the stir. Uh, as far as um, teams, uh, well, as we know, we've got the Iraq team coming up. We've got the next stage of Dulos uh, International in Sierra Leone and Zimbabwe and uh, the various visits that I will make to different places. Any other questions? Okay. Well, it's not your only ever opportunity, so feel free at any time to ask and inquire. Sometimes a question helps us to be clear and to give understanding in a better way than just to speak. I think, is that on? Yep. Just adding to that question about what comes next. I heard it came from over there somewhere. That's why I'm looking over there. Um, I think one of the things that God was speaking to us about was... In, in the next wave conference was about there being a next tier of, of relationship. Um, and it shouldn't just relate John and someone here, John and someone there, but there should be, an, a, rather than the hub-and-spoke model, an internet model. And so we spoke to the network members about that, but I think that's something that's very relevant for us as well, that we shouldn't just rely on John having the relationships with these different people, but when we have opportunity, we should see what is ours to connect with people, and then we should continue to develop those relationships. Those people go home to wherever they come from, went to, came to, go to, wherever, that we continue to be friends, friends with them just as we are friends here. And so that means that each one of us then has a responsibility. That it doesn't all just flow through John, but we believe we are all a royal nation, a holy priesthood. And therefore, we should all have a role and responsibility. And we should all then, through the access that we have through John, have an access to the whole network. Um, so it, it creates a vibrancy in what we're involved in, that it's there, therefore it's communities relating, merging and becoming one over international borders. And with the change that we see in, in technology these days, that communication becomes very easy for us. We can WhatsApp, we can text, we can FaceTime, we can... Skype, there's you know multitude of methods, email, traditional phone calling, um, a multitude of methods that we can use. So for me, that, that's one part that is, that is what's next. And I think that bears a, a personal responsibility because we can't say, well, that's what John does and I'll do this. But actually, with the way that technology has been released, we each have a responsibility in that. And so as we're hearing the message, we have to think, moving from here is to do is, so what does that mean for me? What does that mean about my time, my finances, my heart? And so there has to be a personal application in each part of that.